Hello everyone. This episode of Reminiscences with My People is about a person who has helped shape my younger self to what I am today. For all intents and purposes, this episode's My People is an ascetic, but when he visited my school every once in a while, it was to teach. It is a known fact that our teachers have a hand in influencing us. So also I would like to acknowledge the contribution of Manisha to the person I am today. I must have met him probably a handful of times then. But when I think about all the people of my life, he's definitely one among them. So yes, Mani, that is M O N E Y Manisha. Obviously that's not his name. But that was the spelling my 10-year-old brain pictured every time he appeared. Coming from a Tambram household and having three uncles of the same name, still didn't connect that it was money and not money. Well, that's how I was then, oblivious to the obvious. And since then, that's how I pretty much think of his name even to this day. Money sir was not a permanent teacher at an English-speaking snooty convent high, and neither did he have re- regular classes there. At that time, I never really understood what his understanding with our principal was, but occasionally he would grace us with his presence. It was not until much later that I realized he was the Sanskrit professor to a handful of students at our school. Our principal and teachers respected him greatly but we students found him hilarious and i mean as an object of ridicule we just pretended to respect him to avoid the wrath of our teachers never openly laughing always secretly giggling whenever he was around i guess he similarly visited a lot of schools in our vicinity as i already knew of him from my cousin in an adjacent school even before i ever laid my eyes on him Manisha was a vision of what I imagined a sannyasi or an Indian hermit would look like, with long white beard, flowing to match the size of the long white beard, falling down from his chin. In our young eyes, he looked positively ancient. A white round tikka in the center of his forehead, exactly aligned with the center partition of his hair above. Clothed in white, sometimes saffron flowing robes, and white down to the padukas, tapping down our school corridor, he passed us by. He was to us students a welcome distraction for our from our regular school classes and books. His class would be more of a moral lecture filled with tidbits, aimed to educate us about our culture and arm us with an enormous amount of trivia that wouldn't obviously be part of our curriculum. I still remember the first day he walked into our class of standing up. Soft and polite utterance of the word ma'am in a self-deprecating manner was request enough for our teachers to smilingly stop midway through her lesson and vacate the class. He then walked in sheepishly smiling at us, picked up the chalk and wrote across the entire blackboard in big block letters. Loxy noxy nihili pilification. Probably as he had intended, it caught the attention of all in the classroom as we looked at what seemed like gibberish written across the board. He turned to look if he held our attention, 
Then he turned and put slashes in between letters to separate them. Loxy slash Loxy slash Nihili slash Pili slash Vacation. And then continued to write below each word. Loxy he wrote wisp. For Loxy he wrote trifle. For Nihili he wrote nothing. For Pili he wrote hair. And obviously vacation was vacation. Read together as Loxy, Noxy, Nihili, Pili, vacation. Which looking at his graphic explanation probably meant wisp, rifle, nothing or hair. This overtly long word was supposedly a combination of Latin words, which all meant something unimportant. Ironically, the effort put into creating one of the longest words in the English dictionary was actually meant to describe something of no consequence. I mean, the longest English word actually meant something worthless. One would think this long word would actually mean something profound and of consequence. Well, this is how he tried to explain to us about human behavior and us making much ado about nothing. Much of his teaching would involve the same stuff, which could make a deep impact. Well, that is if you were paying attention. I really enjoyed his visits and consumed all the trivia he shared with relish. How I never let my classmates know that and pretended to share mirth with them instead. Why? Well, I didn't want to join the ranks in being the object of ridicule. I remember another incident very clearly that increased my admiration of Manisa. That day when he entered our class, we saw a different vision of him. His infamous locks, both across his scalp and chin, were non-existent and he was nearby. When we all looked at each other wonderingly, each wanting to pop the most obvious question, he answered it himself. It seemed an acquaintance of his, but a non-ascetic one, had expressed that if Manisa would part with the mane full of locks and beard, which most sannyasis seem so attached to, the man would give Manisa any amount asked. So Manisa went ahead with the deed and asked his friend to donate the money to Sevadhan which was a local charitable organization. The friend had mistakenly believed that Manisa would not be ready to part with any of his outward bearings of being a monk. Manisa then explained to the friend that the sannyasi is supposed to give up all attachments, even the attachment of looking like one. Such were the lessons that Manisa tried to communicate to us. I don't know about the rest, but I have stored everything he taught us in my memories. And I believe that I am a person with better perception today due to his teachings. As we moved on to standard 6 and then to the higher classes, as abruptly as his visits began, similarly one day we stopped. I never understood why. Probably he knew we outgrew him. Or probably we weren't young enough with open minds to listen to him without the prejudice comes with age. He just never came to our higher classes anymore. We would still see him when we passed by the classes of Standard 5, enlightening those minds with the knowledge he had to share. One day during the final year of my schooling, I saw him taking a new batch of students to the school quadrant. I saw this familiar expressions in their faces full of contained laughter. As my glance shifted in the direction of Manisa, he secretly smiled at me and we formed a shared knowledge. 
I realized just then that he knew all along of the students mocking him. However, he did not mind. He wasn't attached to his image or to his dignity either. Surprising. His mission was to make a difference in the children's minds and make them more mature, compassionate and understanding adults. Imparting his lessons on values and strengthening good principles in their mind was his priority. I also realized something else. One day would come when all these children, well possibly maybe just hoping really some of these children, will be in the very same place that I am right now, realizing the role he played in their life. As we grew, all of us changed in our different ways. In our journey from a fresh secondary school student of class 5 to the upper class person of standard 10. But Manisa, he remained the same. He grew back his hair and beard of course. After all these years, whatever his grand old age might be, I would still like to imagine him walking the corridor of various schools Paduka stepping away on gleaming school floors on his destination to a different classroom but with the same mission. Thank you, my friends.